transmission by me, Donald Dean. Make me an island. Hello and welcome to Make Me an Island of the Republic of Ireland. Now I'm not really sure how we went 41 shows without paying tribute to Arthur Russell, but finally, here on level 42, we're about to do the right thing. In so doing, we're going to be concentrating on Iowa Dream, the most recent and possibly one of the best of a string of stunning posthumous releases since Arthur Russell's untimely death in 1992. I'm thrilled to say that one of my favourite artists, Peter Broderick, is going to be joining me to present an illustrated guide to an album he had an integral role in compiling, editing and mixing. Peter will also be playing some songs live and we'll be listening to some more together. You can find a link to the album on Bandcamp in the notes. Before we get started, just a quick word about a couple of exciting shows we have coming up in the next fortnight from Jennifer Walsh and Connor O'Brien. If you'd like to support the making of these islands, you can do so on Patreon. And to those who have already done so, all this is down to you. I began by asking Peter about Barefoot in New York, the unpolished gem that is the centrepiece of the record and which shines brighter with every listen. I would classify Barefoot in New York as one of those songs that you should listen to as many times as you possibly can while you're alive. Yeah, so true. <laughs> In some ways, right, you know, as a precursor, we've just heard it, right? Um, there's so much to say about it. It's maybe it kind of sums him up in some ways in that it's, you know, it's so incredibly inventive. It's so complicated and confusing and confounding and magical, and it has all of those elements that you know mm. are characterize his best work uh, and and then and then some I definitely would say that that tune in particular sums him up in the way purely in the way that it you just can't classify it, yeah, it just goes to show, and you know already without that tune mm-hmm. before ever hearing that, he was already very difficult to classify in my mind, yeah. Um, Arthur Russell was, but hearing that tune, and as well as a lot of the others on the the latest album, yeah. um, the Iowa Dream album, um, hearing that tune made me just go, oh, now I really don't know how to classify. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm interested in classifying anyway, really. Yeah. That's, uh, we didn't bring you here to classify. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I'm not, I'm not an expert. <laughs> but, you know, uh, again, it's just, it's so exciting, this music, right? So, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I told you this morning, I, I went to the park. I went to bed last night uh, thinking about Arthur Russell, taking down notes. And I, I woke up and I went to the park and, and it was early morning, just after raining. And I went to the park and there was a man, a Chinese man playing the, the I, I'm not sure what the name is. I'm going to try. It's called Eru, possibly, where it's like a one string. Um, yeah, with a I know bow. the one you're yeah. talking about. So a beautiful sound. But anyway, there's something so strikingly beautiful about this man doing that so after rain on a December morning for himself, for the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, you know, maybe it's just me, but I drew some parallel with the work of Arthur Russell. And and, yeah. and is it, I, I mean, I think it is the same love and commitment to the beautiful that would bring that man to the park and would, would make Arthur Russell write barefoot in New York. Yeah, I get the feeling that Arthur Russell was just one of those guys who was so deeply entrenched in his own creative world yeah. that he would have been that just out doing it at all times. It's yeah. just something that maybe even pulled at him and just, you know, yeah, he just was deep in it, I think. Yeah. 
maybe that's the kind of thing that I noticed as well as in, you know, out there doing it. I mean, a great yeah. example this morning. But um, so on that bombshell, I think um, let's just hear Barefoot in New York and talk some more about it afterwards. <clears throat> out the window, it was bright sunlight on the orange bricks of the next building, very bright light somehow reflecting, and through the window, if I was able to understand, I guess why I couldn't stay awake, it was not conscious, before I'd realized I couldn't stay awake anymore, but now, it's even worse than before. I was listening to a tape of a lecture on Buddhism at which I was present. I was at the lecture. Heard myself asking a lot of stupid questions. He was asking a lot of stupid questions. I was thick headed at the lecture, sitting there on the floor. But to hear it all now, it's even worse than before. Those shoes I have with some name in the mic. He can't remember the thing. I found them in a wastebasket about to be empty. They're mostly the only shoes I wear. I found them, they had been worn. Bottoms were worn off. Worn off on the edges. They're mostly in good shape. I found that. Stitches that hold them together on the sides is coming apart everywhere. And you can see my colored socks in the hole where they come apart. But they stick to the floor when I walk still. Very noticeable. I stepped in some sticky stuff that spilled by the door. Since then, it's even worse than before. On Broadway, one night, there was this. Siren. People were looking around to see where it came from. The food store on the corner provided a lot of the light because it was open. Pretty soon, I realized that the sound was coming from this one car that was parked on the street nearby. It was empty and locked and locked. I first noticed the sound when I walked past the store, but now it's even worse than before. I really wanted to show somehow how things deteriorate or how one bad thing leads to another. At first, there were plenty of things to point to, lots of people, places, things, ideas, turning to shit everywhere. I could describe these instances, but the more I thought about them, the less they seemed to be negative things, but appeared in the seeds of something completely new and productive. 
find something to deplore. But now, it's even worse than before. The question is whether or not this kind of music is going to hypnotize you. Do you resent being made to listen to this monotonous music or having to listen to such boring sentences? Friends have said that by producing this kind of music, people are put to sleep. In fact, I've always thought this. We always thought too. I've always disliked the Rolling Stones since I found I out found what out they, were they were up to. to. So when the prospect of doing this very hypnotic music came to my mind, I realized that I should at least bring up the problems of listening to this kind of rhythm that is regularity may temporarily take your mind off of more important tasks we have. I had to decide if it was in our best interest to present this. But now that I went ahead and did it after asking what it was for, now it's even worse than before. The question is whether or not this kind of music is going to hypnotize you. Um, so in answer to that question, um, I, I read a quote the other day, Peter, from uh, Andy Weatherall, the, the great uh, departed late Andy Weatherall DJ, and he was talking about the excitement of buying records when he was starting out, and he'd buy five or six records, and when he came home, he would want to listen to them all at once, but I think that tune has about three or four of my favourite tunes in there. <laughs> Doesn't it? It's just like... Yeah, it's so rich. Yeah. It's so rich, and like, yeah, you find yourself in one place, and then doop, you drop into another, while meanwhile being this very hypnotic thing it yeah. sort of does drop into one thing as well mm -hmm. um i know one thing it's definitely the hardest song to sing along to yeah <laughs> have you tried to do like uh a stutter like that yeah. like it's 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 I actually know. very difficult but, to i do. mean even that where did that come from you know um i mean and then there's the the kind of thing that he's commenting on what he's doing as well, that he's, you know, yeah. self-referential and fun and playful yeah. and so complicated. And, you know, I mean, it stands out on its own, like a bohemian cartoon or and a musical critical essay yeah. as well, you know, like all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I can't get enough of that one. I, I, I love it. So look, Iowa Dream, right, is... I think, in general, it kind of does encapsulate all the best bits of what he, he did. It's got you know, the ballads, the acoustic songs, mm -hmm. and then these, you know, um, incredibly inventive pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe talk, Peter, tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved in the project. Well, that's an exciting story, one that I'll always cherish, I think. Um, I, I first started hearing about Arthur Russell. Um, I first saw his name in a, in a record review for a a band that I was playing in in 2005. Um, and I saw, uh, I was just a fiddle player in that band, not singing or anything. Um, but the review, it was one of the first record reviews of something, a band that I was in that I'd ever seen. So I was really keen to read it, you know. And uh, one of the reviewers likened my string playing to Arthur Russell. And I, I, hadn't, I hadn't really come across the name before. Um, and then after a couple shows of mine, within the next year or two, it happened two or three times where someone came up to me after a show and said, that, was, that really reminded me of Arthur Russell. Yeah. 
And you know, I just keep hearing this name. And one, one day I was at a friend's house having some food and she had some music on. And I said, oh, what is this music? It's great. She said, that's Arthur Russell. Yeah. Um, so that was about 2009. And then I just dove deep in, like, tried to swim through all the Arthur Russell material that's out there. Um, and then uh, 2016, a friend of mine from Denmark is organizing a festival. And he says, Peter, I know how much you love Arthur Russell. I do too. Would you come to my festival and play a set of Arthur Russell tunes? And I'll put a band together for you and, you know, fly you over and bring your family. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I did that. And it was great fun. I really, you know, had a great time learning the tunes and um, embodying them in that way. Um, but the day after that show, I got an email from a man named Tom Lee, who, uh, it, which is a name that, you know, anyone who's um, investigated the Arthur Russell story will, will inevitably come across Tom Lee. He was Arthur's partner for the last 10 years or so of his life. Um, so Tom Lee wrote to me and said, Peter, something to the effect of, um, uh, hi, Peter, uh, I hope you enjoyed performing Arthur's music. Um, it's really nice for me and his Arthur's family to see someone out there doing that or something very simple like that. So we started to correspond a little bit, and um, it just so happened that I was passing through Maine a couple of months later where, where he lives, and he drove a couple hours out from the island he lives on and came to Portland, Maine, and um, he brought uh, Arthur's niece, who also, Arthur, I guess, has a, quite a bit of family living in Maine, mm. which coincidentally is where I was born. Mm -hmm. um, so um, anyhow, uh, I met Tom Lee and had a lovely evening with him and Arthur's niece, Rachel, and... Um, played a couple tunes that night of Arthur's in front of Tom. And the next day, or a couple days later, he, Tom wrote to me and said, um, um, that, oh, nice to meet you, and I'm going to send you a few of Arthur's tunes that haven't been released yet, just because I thought you might like to learn how to play them. I think that was his original uh, intention, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to these tunes. I know this is a very long-winded story, it's but it's, it's just, story. I just love every piece of it. So, yeah, um, keep going. Um, so... Uh, he sends me these tunes, and they're just beautiful. And again, like we were saying at the start, how he's so hard to classify. All the tunes I was hearing from Tom, they sounded unlike any of the Arthur Russell stuff I'd heard before. They were Several of them were just piano and mm. voice, which was non-existent in the catalog that's been released. Yeah. You know, there just wasn't anything like that. So I just loved that. And the tunes themselves were... I was in tears listening to these songs. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them in particular... Um, had like lots of tape hiss. It sounded like it had been dubbed off a cassette tape or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of put it into my audio software and my computer and started playing around with the sound, just trying to um, minimize that noise and bring the song out a bit more for my own ears, you know. So I did that, and I, it helped me to hear the song much more clearly. So I sent it back to Tom, um, which was an odd feeling, you know. It's like someone gives you a gift, and then you sort of... <laughs> wrap it up again and send it back <laughs> something slightly odd or potentially odd but yeah. tom wrote back and said oh i'm enjoying this song more than ever and yeah. um there's actually quite a lot of work like this that needs to be done on arthur's archives so then he put me in touch with the estate uh, the the manager of the arthur russell estate and the rest is kind of history i mm -hmm. started to meet up with them and uh, go through these archives and help prepare the material for what became the Iowa Dream album. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Maybe, um, would you be able to play one of the ones that, that uh, are from the, the record? Yes. Would that be cool, Absolutely. Peter? Yeah. Um, um, 
and we're going to hear some more from from it and 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 talk about your work on it. But um, which one do you want to start with? Um, how about the first song from the record, "Words of Love"? Beautiful. <laughs> Soft as a cherry, round as a peach Into your pocket my slow hands can reach To see what you carry up close to your thighs Reaching and looking right into your eyes But if I could convince you Restless on all that they find Don't listen to me I don't know more than you But I know that I want you But I don't know what to do But if I could convince you That these are words of love The heartache would instantly to get to your wit I've tried every tool that I thought could maybe fit but I see that there's nothing my fingers can touch to stroke your heart open to feel very much but if I could convince you that these are so close yet feels so far apart but if I could convince you that these are words of love the heartache would instantly remain but the pain would be gone Wonderful. Thank you, Peter. I, I think that when it comes to anchoring wandering thought with melody, right, and, and just the, the songwriter's mm. craft, essentially, um, spending so much time with his songs, he, 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 I mean, it seems like he's almost unparalleled, or he's up there with the greats, like a Bob Dylan or, you know, the people, the greats of that craft. Yeah, well, he's certainly so unique, you know. There's no character quite like Arthur Russell's character, and in so such a vast, expansive yeah. way. Yeah, I, I had this thought last night about that the way people feel about his songs is that mm. there's an element of 
a friend or something like yeah. that in there. In yeah, there, there yeah. there's such humility and humanity mm. in there that you feel you know him, or yeah. or there's a there's somebody to know in there. Yeah. Um, again, working with the, the words over such a long period of time, you've mm. recorded an album with songs, and and then working on Iowa Dream, you yeah. must have got very close to that person. It feels that way, yeah, certainly. It's like, you know, it's like anything. If you study anything, yeah. it sort of starts to shape you a bit, doesn't it? Like any, any, any subject, you study medicine, you study business, you study um, a famous writer, some literature, and like it just seeps into you, yeah. you know? Um, and so especially surreal for me coming from the standpoint of like, hey, you sound like this guy before I've heard him, and then hearing it yeah. and feeling like, not necessarily that I sound like, but feeling an affinity, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I share, I feel like I share yeah. something in the creative spirit here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just felt like I just sponged up so much in that whole process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and so then the actual time span of the material that is on the Iowa Dream LP, uh, Peter. What is the actual range? I there? wish I had the notes with yeah. me here. Um, we can refer it's, to it's people to the notes. something like. Uh, mid 70s to oh i don't want to say it because it might even be late 60s some of the stuff right um yeah we ha we should look that one up okay you should yeah. look that one so, up. So, cut I mean, that in edit that in <laughs> yeah exactly so it would be i mean from from it's it's from the very early days to to up to when he's kind of experimenting in the 80s yes it, yeah. it does get up into the 80s for sure yeah. yeah and there's even one track towards the end of the record um, which in my mind is kind of a bit of a departure from the rest. It's it's um, it's called I Kissed a Girl from Outer Space or oh, yeah. I Kissed the Girl from Outer Space. Yeah. Um, but that one sort of connects to the, I think, what he the, then came to focus on, which was yeah. the disco material. Well, you know what? That's totally true, right? Because it is a bit of a, th a throwing forward to, you know, the amazing tunes that he made in the yeah. 80s with strong bass and groove and yeah. all of yeah. those elements. Um, I was going to go to one of the piano ones, but maybe we could just um, go to that for now, if that's okay, to, oh, sure, yeah. to have a, a listen to that. So I kissed a girl from outer space.
I guess in, in terms of, of getting to know the work and, and Tom as well, uh, Peter, um, his modus operandi, we've spoken about this before, but um, you might tell us a little bit about, you know, there's a lot of myths around sort of how he worked. I mean, how, how kind of, what was his, I mean, his, his way of working was in terms of how he recorded himself or so on and so forth. Was it different formats over time or? Certainly. Yeah, so, yeah. so we'd say the archive that, that you would have worked out of or with uh, would be on various formats and across. Well, originally, yes. So yeah. step one um, for this record was like, uh, there was, to, to my knowledge, I don't know if I've got this totally straight, but I believe sort of all the physical formats of Arthur's um, uh, archive yeah. were at one stage digitized, uh-huh. you know, just to um, make sure that the audio files stay intact, yeah. you know, because the tape can like you know wear away over time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but so I came in after that stage. So it was all you know in big, giant, you know hour long, half hour long, forty five minute long reels that have been digitized yeah. or you know. <clears throat> uh huh. So, um, and I I know he worked with Dat as yeah. well. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, I think he you know I think probably in the early days before there was much. Um, consumer recording equipment. Yeah. You know, like in the late 60s, the 70s, it probably was, I'd say most of his recordings then are probably, you know, studio demos. I think yeah. he did a number of um, demo sessions for different labels. Yeah, you know? in- including on Iowa Dream is a number of songs that he recorded for John Hammond, right? Or is that? Yes. Yes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, and there were a number of those like mm. uh, label demo mm-hmm. sessions yeah. with different. Um, Bands and ensembles yeah. playing along. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think I heard somewhere as well that like, you know, uh, I don't know was it John Hammond or one of the other producers sort of wanted to get Arthur in to do like, um, you know, kind of just raw demos, just mm-hmm. in and out sort of come in record a few tunes. Yeah. But Arthur brought all these other musicians and made this like those arrangements that yeah. we're hearing now, yeah, you right, know, right, for, right. for a demo session, I, something like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, so there's not much three chords in the truth about Barefoot in New York. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but just, I suppose, I've spoken about this before, Peter, but there's, uh, it's interesting, right, in terms of, you, you really have to connect them to the time, right, of, you know, we'll say throughout the 70s, but 
you know, in terms of recording yourself and all of that, we're in a totally different world right now. Yeah. But also in terms of listening to yourself, for that kind of like yeah. period of the Walkman being invented just yes. at the turn of the 70s and 80s. I, you know, I was there, man, so I just know all about it. It was yeah. just a, such a big deal yeah. to have the world of sound, you know, you could put your head into it. Mm -hmm. So, but for somebody like him, it was clearly like, a, I, I mean, I, you know, okay, look, we're equating um, technological change with, with huge artistic advances but there is something about it's intertwined about it somehow, yeah. you know. I think when, when he got the technology, it yeah. sounds to me anyway, that when he got the technology to record at home, yeah. then he was free to experiment as, you know, that's right. when you get World of Echo. Exactly. Like someone I, I, just completely immersed in their own creative world. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, really, we are looking at somebody who, who, who more or less, um, you know, so prescient his way of working and, and more or less predicted how it was going to go in, in about 20 years time but he was just two yeah. minutes at the beginning that's what blows me away is the, you know both those tunes we just listened to yeah. and, and so many of them when I hear them and think uh, this hasn't been released yet before these two you know I, I'm struck with the realization that like this stuff sounds contemporary now yeah I mean yeah. sure the the recording quality and fidelity does date it back to a certain time yeah. like you can hear and that's the thing i like you know i love those old recordings sure um but yeah it just it's yeah but 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 also i mean um yeah i mean the the, the fact is that you know you could take any one of the ones we've just listened to, uh, particularly Barefoot in New York, and that would be a career high for somebody, or yeah. a, a pinnacle, or a, you know, an absolute peak, as in like that's I the masterpiece. I totally agree. I mean, it's, yeah. just, <laughs> we, we, it's very obvious we're both very big fans of Arthur Russell. <laughs> we have declared. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah we have. There's we, no hiding. <laughs> so let's get down off that peak, uh, Peter, for a second, and listen to one of the piano ones that I think ah. is again, you know. Um, Again, a world away, but like we're talking here, I think the dogs outside, um, it's, um, there's, there's, yeah, Tom Waits is in there, you know, as in it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a kind of a... It's like, yeah, the, the bar, the piano in the corner of the bar sort yeah. of tune, yeah, anyway, so, absolutely. So let's hear that one. The dogs outside are barking, they're urging a song. Why don't we get to it before they're all gone? I'm just afraid to tell you what I'm thinking. It might take too long. Maybe a mother would go take a walk. I know that she knows that we need to talk I'm just afraid to tell you what I'm thinking You might leave me here Your father, he's sleepy, it's easy to see Maybe watching TV I'm just afraid to tell you what I'm thinking It might take too long Maybe your brother 
such a oh yeah the Tom Waits um, comparison is kind of obvious there but it's more it's more um, I think I read a, a quote from Allen Ginsberg about that the songs are, are there's like the poetic and the humble are always side by side and there does seem to be like you know the ordinary the poetics of the ordinary seems to be a big part of, of what he you know he's commentary yes. on things like dustpan and brush yes um, I always think that myself it's these ordinary moments these little things like hey there's a letter for you yeah, downstairs sure. on the table. Can I read it too? I, I feel like so many people can relate to that feeling, yeah. but it's, it's not something that gets articulated. Mm -hmm. They're so ordinary, everyday things yeah. getting articulated in that way. I find that over and over again in, yeah. in Arthur's... Um, yeah, just yeah, observational and, and conversational and mm -hmm. so natural, mm -hmm. and yet when put into a song, you know, given a place that, you know, I mean, I guess that's, again, we're trying to kind of the many aspects of his genius, but that's clearly one of them is just being able to pull these little things. Yeah. And, and it's a patchwork of, of the everyday and it's extraordinary in its I wanted to simplicity. say that myself, honestly. That's just something I, that, that it always comes back to me. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, Peter, I mean, the other, okay, so talking about extraordinary things is then the kind of bigger picture, the way it all stitches together is phenomenal. But, like, I suppose, is there something in there, do you think, that, like, you know, I mean, he, he was, or, or do you know from knowing Tom about his Buddhist beliefs, or, or how does that sit with kind of what we're talking about? I don't know. You know, I, I just, I never got the chance to meet Arthur Russell, so I, yeah. I really, uh, we're speculating. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to say about his inner world. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know he he was he he was known to sort of carry those beliefs in, and spend some time in a, in yeah. a Buddhist commune as well mm -hmm. in San Francisco, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I mean another thing about him is that like you know the way with with great artists that um, the way he jumped around so much and I suppose I, I recently watched a Miles Davis documentary for the second time and <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's something of you know that kind of changeling idea of of just always finding a new suit to fit your clothes, you know, of, of sound, yeah. and, and constantly reinventing that. Mm. Um, and that's why I feel such an affinity with Arthur Russell myself, because mm. I, I, I yearn for that so same sort of thing. I'm always kind of, you know, oh, I'll do a bit of this, oh, I'll do a bit of that, sort mm -hmm. of, you know. Yeah. Um, I just love it all, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
instead of talking, to, can we maybe you can play Eli at this point? Would that be yeah, okay? Yeah, absolutely. On, on the violin. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. I think Eli is one of the first Arthur Russell songs that really grabbed me. Okay, great. One of the first ones that really sunk under my skin instantly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but let me see if I can do it justice on the fiddle here. Simple dog with ears and nose. Eli, Eli, Eli. I don't know why nobody likes him. There's some people trying to put him away. When he comes up to them, they always say, Go away, go away. Please take him home, make him stay. Eli, 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 Eli. Several times I've tried to tell him, please don't make them say that. But he won't listen to me. Sometimes I pray that there could be more between us, but some people never are satisfied. Eli, 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 Eli. Wonderful. Thank you, Peter. Um, there's um, when it comes to the, the the cello or his his proficient or his you know I mean primarily that's his his main instrument. Do you know like how proficient was he on all the others? I mean from the, from hearing the piano and the guitar. He's... He sounds very proficient to me. Yeah. On all the instruments. Yeah. Piano, guitar. Yeah. Um, cello, electronic, fiddly things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It all sounds very adept. Yeah, to my ears. And 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 you know, when it comes to the training, there was he there was some in his education also Indian classical at some point, wasn't there? I think maybe I, I in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I certainly wouldn't be surprised. That sounds. You know, you can hear those flavors in his work. So if it, if not directly, then definitely. Yeah. In that same um, percolator <laughs> yeah with everything did, else did you ever did how about iowa i've never been have you been there uh not really actually i i've driven through some parts just on the way to somewhere else but uh um, yeah. no i haven't spent any time there i i'm all I, the name of his home oscaloosa i love that I'd, yeah oh uh, i know it's I a know. good start <laughs> and and um arthur's dad i believe was the mayor of oscaloosa oh, okay right and uh Someone told me they have a brick. It might be Steve, actually, a brick that says Oscaloosa on it. Okay. From Oscaloosa. It's like an Oscaloosa brick, I think, given to him by Arthur's dad. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Um, let's go and listen to another one from Iowa Dream. Um, and this one is Wonder Boy. Um, I love the, the vibe playing on this one. Yes, um, yes. Really subtly different. So here we go, Wonder Boy. I'm a Wonder Boy. Where the water froze 
Yeah, just another example, right, of like perfectly formed, absolutely diamond uh, hard and uh, just, yeah, discarded. <laughs> but so vulnerable as well, yeah, you know, like yeah. very uh, tender and... It being delicate. sad is not a crime as a quote. I mean, maybe that's not from him. Uh, shyness is... It is, a, it's from it's one of the songs, yeah. Okay, all oh, right. Being sad is not a crime. Yeah, um... Well, he's the yeah he, clearly not in. <laughs> thanks. It's just one of those things. Shyness as strength. I mean that that's another thing about him is that he he just approaches things from a very kind of gentle point of view. There's, a, there's mm. um, yeah he definitely doesn't seem shy with himself. Yeah, you know, um, sounds like a full expression of like you know uh, whereas shy might be like a hindered. Yeah. Um, expression. Yeah. Like his expression sounds so full to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just the gates are open, and this is what I can do. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> He's Again, got. We're such big fans. <laughs> well, I know. It, 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 the jury's out. Somebody else has to decide. No, but the, yeah. that shy gene is the shy gene. Mm. It, the, that that seems to be. You know, it's clearly a very big part of his his constitution. And I guess there's a lot of creative people who are super creative. But are are just a bit introverted, you mm. know? Yeah, I can relate to that a bit. I'm probably a bit more extrovert yeah. than Arthur Russell was, but yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah, but but he did. He was. I mean, he did perform gigs and continue to perform gigs. And and I wonder how much did he like doing that? Yeah, speculating I, again. Again, yeah, I'm speculating as well. And the the clips that I've seen, he kind of looks nervous to me. I don't know yeah. if he felt nervous, but. Um, um, yeah, who knows? I don't think he played a ton, but I know he did do stuff. He did like, do stuff, yeah, yeah, but, but not not as not There's as some a kind amazing of... old posters from oh um, yeah from his from his gigs and as well the like the instrumentals material yeah. where it was just he wasn't singing at all and had an ensemble. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so he did lots of stuff actually. You know, yeah, 
And, and I mean, the fact is that throughout his life, um, he was he was recognised by his peers a lot, but it just mm. didn't translate into yeah, the, the jump well, into anything. Well, so, Philip Glass released Arthur, the first sort of solo release under Arthur's name, yeah. the, the Tower of Meaning project. Um, Philip Glass released that on his uh, label imprint yeah. originally, and he was kind of championing... Arthur. I mean, you got to be championing someone to put out their record. You sure? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think he even facilitated that music happening as if, um, as in, um, it was a choreographer. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Robert Wilson. Oh yeah. From uh, who Einstein on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that music was originally written for a production with Robert Wilson, and I believe it was Philip Glass who sort of put those two together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. but it failed the project. It didn't get used, but Philip Glass put out the music. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. He was definitely championed by his peers. Sure. Yeah. Like and, you say, and, and and by you know significant people mm. um, recognized just how, how great he was. Um, Peter, could I ask you to to play another one from Iowa Dream? So you're going to play "Wish I Had a Brother." I think um, another self-explanatory one. Yeah, and indeed, Arthur did have two sisters. Mm-hmm. So, Did you meet? You, you met his niece. I I, I met um, Arthur's sister Kate oh, in, yeah. in Maine as well. Um, I ha- I haven't met the other sister, but uh, yeah, I did meet Kate. Okay, lovely. Um, I wish I had a brother. I wish I had a brother. Thank you, Peter. Um, the what remains in terms of the archive? Is there? Do you have an idea of 
how much is left in the... I mean, because look, it's from, from my point of view, from the very start of the reissues, each time it's like there cannot be more. And, and, well, and then, to be honest, right, and I think I said this at the start, I do think that, like, Iowa Dream is, is, is just, like, I mean, the gift that keeps on giving. And again, it almost, if it came first in the reissues, I'd have believed it. Do you know what I mean? As, mm. in, as in, that's the best stuff. Um, so that's, is there more? Can that's there the be thing. more? You think, oh, surely they'll be scraping the bottom yeah. of the well, the barrel at some yeah, point, yeah. you know? But um, I mean, like you say, and for me as well, Iowa Dream holds up just as strongly as any of his other work. Yeah. You know, it's not an all diminishing in quality and, and perhaps even going up in quality as this whole picture expands with all the different music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there will be? So there, there's, there's, there's more, there is, there is more anyway. So it yeah. depends on, I mean, yes. what, what we don't know is, is, is there another Iowa dream in there? I think, Personally, I think there's so much Arthur Russell material in the archives. Mm -hmm. You could, you might not even be able to familiarize yourself with all of it mm -hmm. in your lifetime. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, as in like, yeah, yeah. you can only go so far down one rabbit hole before you need a bit of something else to balance it out. So yeah. that's a job, like the job that Steve Knutson does. Okay. Um, and so Steve is, is the arbiter of the yes he's the manager of the estate yeah and um you know he's the one that's taken up taking it upon himself to do the the real work of just trying to get a grasp on all that's there yeah and i know that that's a, 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 a like an intensive job of yeah day after day sort of just sitting and taking stock of what you got and i can imagine trying to remember what you listened to mm -hmm. um a week two weeks ago quickly before you moved on to the next thing like it takes so long mm -hmm. to familiarize yourself with all that material so um i i don't i don't know what their plan is you know i, I can also understand as an artist myself i think i don't want to put out everything that mm -hmm. i do and yeah. some stuff that i have finished i would kind of hope that after i pass away like i would think i said don't put that out that's trash mm -hmm. you know yeah so i wouldn't want someone scraping the bottom of my barrel um <laughs> yeah, right. but then again all the stuff that I hear of Arthur's, I just yeah. tend to love it all. So, and we'll say with, with with what you had to work with on Iowa Dream, um, were there many more contenders for the finished cut? Or and and then next question was there also multiple versions of any of the ones that we heard? There there were multiple versions. There are, I think that was just something that Arthur liked to do was take one song idea yeah. and try it out in a bunch of different contexts. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, a lot of these tunes do have alternate versions, and um, there were certainly lots of tunes that, you know, if, it, if I had a label, I'd put them all out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But, again, less is more sometimes, and you can't put out too much at once. Yeah. Um, and you also, the more you put out, the more you sort of take focus away. Like, there's a guy called Jackson C. Frank. Do you know him? Oh, yeah. He put out one record. Yeah. How beautiful is that? Yeah. You know, Very. you have that one record, it's just doom. Yeah. So solid and yeah. there's a beautiful, <laughs> like firm legacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's ring um, fenced. Such, and yeah, and yeah. to be honest, yeah. all the demo tapes and stuff that come out that have come out, like I can leave them aside and just have the yeah, album. Right. That's enough for me. So you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Sure, you've got to come back and do the Jackson uh, C. Frank special as well, um, okay. Peter. Okay, <laughs> yeah, nice. Great. But, uh, Great. Yeah, so, but I suppose, yeah, the, the, the I mean, the, the, the limitless, relentless nature of his creativity mm. is, is, is the reason we're, we're debating this. Also, in terms of the preservation and the, the, the propagation of his, of his legacy, I think it's really good that there's control of his material in the hands of the right people, as opposed to, Absolutely. you know, in many cases, we, we know of, of it being the opposite of... of yes, I mean, there's definitely... Yeah. No shortage of people who just like capitalize on someone yeah. passing away or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I get the opposite feeling mm -hmm. with this that it's just, it's Tom yeah. who just loved Arthur's work so much yeah. that he felt compelled to, you know, be open to like, you know, someone who really would like to go in and dig around yeah. and find the right stuff. And he reached out and, and did that, um, which is, yeah, says when, a I lot. Think when they connected, yeah. it just it just worked out, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go listen to one more from from it, um, Peter. So the last one we're going to listen to is "You Did It Yourself." Again, he he plays the bass here, does he? I mean, the bass playing is just outrageous on this. Uh, yeah. Um, so you did it to yourself. Maybe I can play, you can make me feel Yo 
so that's you did it yourself, another example. Um, there's one other question, last, I, we, we'll round off soon, Peter. One, one of the things, um, when I'm talking about how, you know, as a listener, and, and there's that identification, and I think it's fair to say it's not just the two of us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that feel that affinity. Yes. Um, but also, I think for, for, from, from many, uh, not just yourself, but there's, you know, the creators that I know who, who, um, who follow him and who, who have um, been influenced by him. Mm. There, there's something in there as well about kind of the artistic quest, about the, the never-ending nature of that and, and, and the kind of way that it's, uh, it seems like a continuum in his case. I think you put it very well earlier when you were talking about the shy, shy gene. But, um, yeah. So, but yeah, there is something there too, right, in terms of, of those who aspire to, to make the makers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know what you call it. Uh, seems like a visionary to me. Yeah. You know, just has a very unique vision that maybe even is a bit hazy and cloudy, but mm -hmm. must be pursued anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think he just had that just had it had it in him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, I guess the the drive to keep, as we said, a changeling and keep evolving that mm. kind of pursuit of. Yeah, I think I think um, a lot of artists are like their own worst critic, you know. Yeah. I mean, people are in general, right? We're always trashing ourselves, and like, you sure, know, it's it, it it it's a common theme, but um, I think he was probably unsatisfied a lot of the time never felt or just didn't care i don't i don't know yeah. but like i have the feeling he was pursuing more and more like the ultimate take or the ultimate yeah. sound it, yeah. it sounds like a pursuit of some kind yeah to me. sure yeah you know quest. what i mean yeah a quest yeah yeah <laughs> uh and yeah and his appetite for that battle was just something that you know it keeps us talking all the way to 2020 it, it sure does <laughs> yeah um, Peter, you're gonna. Uh, this is one of uh, play, uh, or uh, if you don't mind. Um, so you can make me feel bad. I think a standout. So you've, you, there's an album of that you recorded, um, Peter mm -hmm. Broderick and Friends, with uh, yeah. including this song and and. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just gonna play there. a very little simple version of it here, plucking on yeah. the fiddle. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's a very short little tune anyway. But yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, beautiful. I do like it. You can make me feel bad if you want to You can make me feel bad if you want to You can make me feel bad if you want to You can make me feel bad if you want to I don't need those things you said I want I can live on my own There's a place for us in the real world You can make me feel bad if you want to You can make me feel bad if you want to you can make me feel bad if you want to You can make me feel bad if you want to I don't need those things you said I want I can live on my own 
You can make me feel bad if you want to. You can make me feel bad if you want to. You can make me feel bad if you want to. You can make me feel bad if you want to. Wonderful. I guess a very good, another great illustration of what we're talking about. But that vulnerability is always there as the well, isn't it? Vulnerability, yeah, that's a big one as well. Yeah, I read something about him describing about you know he's talking about his feelings and being a gay man and 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 being, and and him talking about his feelings being a political act of sorts, you know. And, and mm. I'm not sure where that came from him or somebody saying it about him, but there is something to that as well. As in, you know, he had a. I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's like, like being a misfit and so, you know, like not um, sort of standing up for your corner where like it doesn't sort of maybe fit in perfectly to the little, you yeah. know, lines of society. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess another reason an outsider why, of, of an outsider. Of sorts, yeah, I know. guess another reason why you know we have such recourse to to his work is that you know it provides um, consolation and nourishment and information Comfort about how to, to negotiate fellow with outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I, I, hey, I, outsider! What, thank you. Would you do well in like you know? Um, Go to go to school, get your job in the office, and sort yeah. of just work nine to five every day. Would you Would you do well in that? Uh, well, hey, absolutely not. I mean, I try. I tried it for a while. <laughs> Did and, you? Uh, yeah, yeah. When so so, um, from from the years of um, very early on, actually, I, I, I tried to study law, and, and again, uh, we used this joke before, but it's more the only I gave up because I, the only reason to continue would be to qualify, so I could sue myself for choosing to do it in the first place. <laughs> and, and then I, went, <laughs> but then I went to the civil service, and and I became civil service became just kind of a, a music collector within the office environment, but I really couldn't give, you know, I mean, the amount of um, care I could give for what I was doing, it was really about feeding my record habit at that point and, yes. and exploring music. And so therefore it did yeah. provide me, but yeah. it ended and and I think um, the end was the actual end of my office career. So, <laughs> so no. There's no turning yeah. back now. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got to look to people like Arthur Russell yeah, this to make is you it. feel okay for being such an outsider. This is why I'm here. Thanks, Peter, for telling me why I'm here. But I've been looking <laughs> on that bombshell. Peter, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today and uh, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. But I'm, I'm so grateful to you for, for coming and making the time. Thanks to uh, Ian and to Rico and to everybody here at the Sugar Club. And I'm going to actually play something from the record um, of Arthur Russell, uh, Russell songs that, that you released. And uh, oh. so it's, it's the version of A Little Lost, Peter. So there's oh, something okay. so uh, fun uh, and playful about this version. Maybe uh -huh. you could explain a little bit how, I mean, it's very... Well, I can tell you that I was trying to learn the song originally, you know, and it's like... It's fast, strummy thing. Yeah, yeah. Without you. And my hand was too tired because I never play the guitar that fast. So I said, you know what? It'd be so much easier if I play this in reggae. <laughs> ah, just cruise along to it, you know? <laughs> it yeah. was just, it was pure laziness. But then I had fun within the laziness. Okay. You Would can, you prefer you to play it or, to, or is there a way? Uh, I, 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 I want to listen to it because there's so many it, yeah. friends on it as well. Okay. My friend Who's Dave, on it actually? My friend David Allred did a whole Trump horn section on that, on that tune. Yeah. And um, there's a bunch of people singing along. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, oh, there's percussion by um, Bo, who's Arthur's nephew. Oh, right, beautiful. He plays plays a bunch of the percussion on it. Yeah, so. uh, and uh, so is how is David, your friend David? Is he, are you going to release another record together? Actually, we are. Yeah, well, we did some music for a film together, David Allred and I. Yeah, and it's coming out in the start of 2021. Yeah, yeah, it's just a kind of like a. A soundtrack that's been reformatted into an album. Yeah, Peter, I, I'm always he- well. I'm not hesitant. I'm always intrigued as to what your projects are because. Um, but is it okay to ask you right now what are, what does the next little while hold for you? Yeah, well, there's that. There's that. Um, there's uh, or actually at the start of this year, I went on tour um, in February. So like, just got a t- my one. It was like the only time you could tour this year. Yeah. So I got a few shows in. In February, I was playing with Peter Zumo, uh-huh. who um, played a lot of trombone and trumpet on Arthur's music. Yeah. Oh, um, great. Like the whole Calling Out of Context record, all that trombone did he, did he stuff. Tour? Would he do a tour playing his... He uh, toured over here, and I played in his ensemble. I, I was playing drums. Brilliant, right. And um, we went into a studio in Copenhagen and uh-huh. recorded some new material of his, so... That's going to be coming out Fantastic. next year, which isn't even my project, but I'm just dying to hear it because yeah. I, I, I think Peter Zumo is a great um, um, composer and musician as well. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and um, just kind of, um, I think I want to make some music that's kind of just soundscape, long form soundscape. Yeah. Um, so that's probably what I'll be doing. Well, I look forward to all of those, and uh, I'm going to play out with uh, your version, wonderful version of A Little Lost. Thanks again, Peter. Thank you, Donald. It's been a pleasure.
someone in your life Someone like me Cause I'm so busy, so busy Thinking about kissing you And now I wanna do that Without entertaining another And now I hope that I 